Welcome back, college football fans, to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. That guy sitting across from me is my brother, Tyler. I am your co-host, AJ, and we are back to talk college football for one of the last times this year. Uh, it's, it's coming to an end here. We just watched the college football playoff happen. It was everything we expected it to be, and maybe a little bit more. We'll get into that here in just a second. But how are you doing? Just checking in with you real quick, my brother. How are we feeling this week? Ooh, wow. Um, that was some football, dude. Uh, they made it a little bit harder to disagree that the best four teams didn't get into the playoffs, I think. I mean, that was some really quality football. I think I'll go out on a limb here and say in the last year of this four-team format, I think the committee did the best job at putting two really good quality games of football together. So I'm impressed. I like what I saw. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, it's weird, right? Because in years past, these semifinal matchups, they haven't been good. You know, like it's kind of been a knock on the committee that we haven't really gotten these great games in years past. And then you go back to last year and now this year, and I think these are probably one and two as far as um, – you know, the best semifinal matchups that we've seen in the college football playoff era. So um, got to give the committee props for that. Got to give the teams props for that. And we'll get in and just go ahead and jump right in and dive in and talk to those, talk about those games because they were so good. Let's start with that first one, Michigan, Alabama, the Rose Bowl out West, you know, starts off and it's only, you know, 2.30 local time or whatever it was. So the sun shining bright on the mountains in the background and just talk about that setting for college football, right? Like, I mean, it, when it comes down to to venues and settings for a college football game, it doesn't really get much better than that. Like the the history, the mystique, and then you get these two blue blood programs that duke it out for not four, but five quarters and uh, just an awesome game. Yeah, I mean, no shade on the Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or the – you know, whatever bowl that you want to throw in there. But the Rose Bowl, they should be in the college football playoff every year. I mean, it is uh, a historic stadium. You love going there. It's absolutely beautiful. And then, I mean, I saw some pictures. The crowds traveled really well. It was split mm -hmm. down the middle, 50-50. Uh, you had the do they call it maze yellow whatever yeah. michigan has maze um the maze and then maze. the and then the crimson on the other side i mean it looked good um yeah it, it's fun to watch a west coast game like that too you know being uh down here in the southeast you know we, obviously we watch a lot of sec um but it, it it's cool to to see those stadiums and i mean there there's no better venue for me than the rose bowl i and think then, that one's my all time favorite yeah, I agree. And then the game kicks off and you get just an absolute classic from start to finish. Like I said, two blue blood programs, two of the winningest programs in college football history. And it starts off a little rocky for a Michigan fan, right? Like you get the ball first and on the first play of the game, you think JJ McCarthy throws a pick and I know from right then when that happened, you kind of sit there and you're like, okay, maybe maybe this is like <laughs> the Alabama blowout that we saw coming, right? 
And uh, obviously the call gets overturned. And so they don't start with that huge momentum, but final score ends up being 27 to 20. Michigan pulls it out in overtime, huge, great back and forth game. And uh, I don't know, man, like this one's interesting. It's, it's one of those where, like it seemed like Michigan tried their darndest to give this game away. Like it, it seemed like to me, Michigan kind of had control of the game from the get go, and and it never really felt to me like Alabama was the one with the momentum for a long period of time. Now you had Michigan doing crazy things to hurt themselves, shoot themselves in the foot. You had them muffing punts. You had them missing extra points. You had them missing field goals. You know, this game probably should have never been in overtime because Michigan probably should have won by four to seven points in regulation, but it does go into overtime. You want to talk about that overtime sequence? I mean, obviously, Michigan scores on that great Blake Corum run where he's just, you know, bullying guys for 15 yards and gets into the end zone. And then Alabama gets the ball back. You know, you got four downs, right? You know, it's four down territory because you got to score a touchdown. You want to talk about that final play, man? I mean, I know, I know it's, um, it's been talked about for the last few days, but, um, what, what is Tommy Reese thinking here, man? Quarterback draw on fourth and goal from the four yard line. Um, yeah. Questionable. So first off, I'll start by this. If you want to picture this game and th- this is how I keep picturing this game um, to make it a little fun for me. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but Godzilla versus King Kong, <laughs> yeah. um, that movie yeah. where it's just these two like giant Titans just battling it out. Right. That's kind of what I what, what this game was for me. Um, so much defense being played. Uh, but we'll go to that final play for Alabama. Uh, it's fourth down. You got to score a touchdown. Um, and and here's what went wrong. Okay, so uh, throughout the entire game, Alabama's center, who is now in the transfer portal, was having snapping issues the entire game. I don't know defense. Michigan's defensive linemen. I mean, they put the pressure on them, and they are very quick. Their first step is very quick and very strong. So he, that guy was worried about getting his hand back. Like he didn't want the football. He wants his hand back so he can block. Um, but not an issue all year though, right. to be honest. Right. But nevertheless, he's had some snapping issues and it's a bad snap. What I saw on the play. And I think what was supposed to be run. Cause let's say this before this play was ran, both teams used their timeouts to, you know, kind of get a look at what the other team was doing, get into right. the exact perfect play. Cause you're calling your perfect play, right? Like there's no time to hold any play back in your playbook. It is your best one right here. Right. What I saw was an RPO, uh, a run pass option that was supposed to go to the left. What I saw is two wide receivers split out to the left versus two corners or two defensive backs. So they had those blocks. And what I saw is the Alabama running back motioning over into the to the flats, to the left, and he had this the safety or the linebacker that was supposed to be covering him. He had already out-leveraged him. Mm-hmm. That that safety or running back had no angle on that running back to, to the corner of the end zone. If those wide receivers get their blocks off and this play goes off perfectly, it's probably a, a quick little screen pass to the running back. He's waltzing in the end zone, and we're going into double overtime. Mm-hmm. 
Unfortunately, that's not what happens. Alabama has a terrible snap. It goes low. Uh, it looked like Jalen Milrow wasn't even ready for it. So how could you be <laughs> Jalen Milrow doing what Jalen Milrow does? He's trying to make the best at it. And he runs it straight up the gut where uh, the strength of Michigan's entire team is. And they stuff them. They're going to ask, why did he just run straight up the gut? First of all, it wasn't the design play, but I'll say this. Even if it was, Jalen Milrow has a lot of success throughout the season, and even in this game, running up the gut, it's almost what he does best is, you know, weaving in and out of traffic, and he was successful throughout the game on that play, uh, but that wasn't the play, guys. I mean, it looks bad, but the RPO that was actually there, and I would bet my mortgage that was the actual play, just it fell apart with a bad snap. That snap goes off pristine. We're probably looking at double overtime here. So yeah. Well, hey, I mean, since then, uh, Alabama's center Seth McLaughlin has announced he's transferring to Ohio State. So uh, have fun with that, Buckeyes fans. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, or Will Howard. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like as much as that that play was, you know, kind of screwed up or messed up or whatever. At the same point. You've got to give Michigan and this team credit, you know. Like, I mean, especially in that first half, they were getting after Jalen Milrow. Oh, I yeah. I told you in the preview podcast, I thought they might it might be good of them to try to maybe emulate what Georgia did against Michigan, or excuse me, against uh what Georgia did against Alabama in the SEC championship game, kind of spy Jalen Milrow with maybe two guys and keep him in the pocket so that he can't hurt you with his legs, make him hurt you with his arm. And uh, they did the exact opposite. They said, we're just going to get after him with our front four. And they were really successful in doing so. Now they don't have like the elite edge guys that they've had in years past with like an Aiden Hutchinson or David Ojabo. But they got a, a tough interior. I mean, number 55, I think Graham is his name, big old guy. I mean, they just stuff it. And uh, there was nowhere for Alabama to run the ball. And therefore, it was just a really, really long night for that Alabama offense. This is one of the worst um, offensive performances I've seen from an Alabama offense in quite some time. I mean, yeah, Milro was 16 of 23, but for only 116 yards. And he didn't he didn't eclipse a hundred yards until the last uh drive of regulation, too. Um, right. but yeah, the the blitz and the stunt packages that Michigan had, I mean, they were getting pressure, they were extremely effective. This might be one of the best D lines that they've had. And their linebackers are pretty darn good too. I mean, yeah, let's not shade them whatsoever. I mean, they they played really well. They get it done. They are going to go to the national championship. They finally overcome that hurdle of not being able to win the big one, and they did. Uh, And they've got a tough matchup coming up. So let's talk about this next uh, playoff game that went down, and we'll talk about who's going to play Michigan here pretty soon. Yeah, we're going to have a great national championship game because we're going to have the number one and the number two seeds playing Two undefeated 14-0 teams fighting for a 15-0, fighting for a perfect season. The Washington Huskies were able to fight off the Texas Longhorns. Final score, 
on Monday was 37 to 31. Another great game, another back and forth game. Washington scored, Texas scored. Washington scored, Texas scored. Washington, I mean, it was just back and forth and back and forth. Um, in the end, Washington's defense steps up and does not allow a Quinn Ewers pass to Adonai Mitchell in the last seconds be completed. And the Huskies will head to the national championship game. Another, like we said, another great semifinal game uh, just was absolute magic from start to finish. Exactly what we were hoping for as college football fans. Tremendous performance by Washington. Michael Penix Jr. I mean, should this guy have gotten the Heisman Trophy? Uh, No, but he deserved to go to New York. I mean, um, is it the guy's is it recency nice. bias? 430 yards, 430 yards and two touchdowns in a college football playoff game. Yeah, Joe Burrow. It's a little recency bias. I mean, he didn't look great, you know, towards the end of the regular season, just kind of doing just enough. But regardless, in this game, I mean, holy crap, wow. Um, that was the game that you love to see. Yeah. Was was that DP a little early on AD Mitchell there at the end? Uh when you slow it down frame by frame, it, it it's close. It, that it's ain't close look. Start, that ain't getting called. It's not getting called. Last man. seconds I mean, of a semifinal for a chance. No, the rest. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, two games in a row. I'm impressed with how physical this Washington team is. They they've really stepped it up and they've kind of uh, put that brand of Pac-12 football uh, on the back burner and said, we're going to step up. We're going to be a physical team offensively. We're going to score a lot of points and we're going to do what we do offensively. But defensively, I think is where I'm impressed. I I thought Texas had a chance to score a lot more points. If Washington's defense didn't step up a little bit and they absolutely did. I mean, Texas's offense scored 31 points, but they didn't look stellar all game to me i mean there there was a lot to be desired from that texas offense i think that they kind of took a step back uh this past weekend and what they've been doing offensively um and then washington i mean they, they don't skip a they don't skip a beat dude they're same washington team that we saw in the pac-12 championship and i mean i'm impressed dude this is definitely the best washington team we've ever seen and i mean None other than the transfer portal quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., getting it done. Romo yeah. Dunze has a huge oh night for gosh. them. Bro, I all, mean, of, all of the receivers. I mean, Jalen Polk, I mean, he's been injured all year long. And and so, you, you know, you kind of have been wondering, like, uh, is he is he as good as the other guys? Is he, you know, is he can he get back healthy and, and make an impact for this team? And then. He just has like a, a career game and goes yeah. off. Adunze does his thing. Jalen McMillan. Um, Texas, they were able to limit the running game. Dylan Johnson did get shut down for the most part. He did score twice, but, um, you know, only averaged about two yards a carry on 21 carries. So they were able to stifle the run game. But it, like I said, it just came down to Penix, man. He's making plays. Yeah. And when you got two, maybe even three first-round wide receivers on the outside, Man, that I mean, it's just tough to beat. Penix, I'll say this. He doesn't make mistakes very often. He's very accurate with the ball. He's got – it's weird, right? Like, watching a lefty, he's got the big, like, 
Looney Tune cartoon wind up, right? But then yeah. it gets to the end of the motion and the wrist just kind of flicks and it looks pretty as Dude, hell, man. I mean, that beautiful. thing just spins. Oh, yeah. I'll say this. I, I've seen some discussion. Is I've seen people talking. Is Romo Dunze potentially a better wide receiver prospect than Marvin Harrison Jr.? And I, I'm not going to go ahead and say mm-hmm. it, but I'll entertain the discussion here. Yeah. After seeing what he's able to do, I will entertain the discussion. Yeah. It, it, it is worth talking about. It's not that far-fetched. I mean, it's there. It, it's wow. I think I think that they are very comparable, actually. Um, I think that, obviously, the name gets Marvin Harrison more attention than Odunze obviously does. I think if Odunze played for an Ohio State, or an Alabama or something like that, he'd get a lot more attention. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I think they are both comparable. I think they're both going to be top 15 draft picks here in a couple months. So, um, yeah, I, I would I would entertain the discussion. I'm here for it. I think, um, you know, 87 catches, 100 and 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns for Adunze, just dirty. Yeah. And then that's not even talking about Polk and McMillan, who are probably both top. 60 draft picks themselves so oh yeah embarrassment of riches for the washington huskies which will set up for an, an incredible national championship game um any final thoughts about washington texas michigan alabama we will be back here in uh just a couple minutes actually we're going to go back to back podcasts here and record our national championship episode but any final thoughts for the recap of the college football semifinals um two great games yeah you don't get a sec team into the playoffs for the first time in a very long time you don't get next anybody from next year's sec but these are two teams that are going to be in the big 10 next year playing in this national championship and i'll say this if you want to take a transfer receiver from georgia you're not making it to the national championship because (laughs) ad mitchell and jermaine burton are going to be watching it from the couch (laughs) oh man yeah that's this is true this is true um Thank you guys for listening. If you listen to the very end, we always appreciate that. Make sure to share the podcast with somebody. Help us grow the podcast. Help us reach new people. And uh, as always, take care of yourself. Be nice to people. And uh, we'll be back soon. Talk some more college football. For my brother, Tyler, I am AJ. And this was another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast.